0: Good morning again, thank you, welcome again to the ones that are in the congregation, and those that are joining us online, we welcome you to the service as well. We're coming into the holiday season, and for some, as they get together for the holidays, it's a very joyous occasion. It's a time of celebration. For some, they get together, it's an obligation. And for some, it's a source of frustration. And maybe for some, there's just the fear of confrontation. Did you get all the Asians there? Joyous occasion, celebration, obligation, frustration, or confrontation. I don't know which one of those you are looking forward to or apprehensive of, or maybe something totally different from that, but... In First Corinthians chapter thirteen, we look at what sometimes have been called the love chapter. First Corinthians chapter thirteen is where our scripture will be uh, this morning, and we'll be reading all of the passage of scripture in uh, just a couple minutes. We find some insights on how to approach all these, all these gatherings that we have or there's interactions we have. Maybe it's with friends and maybe it's with families. And some of these might be challenging for us. You know, as the, sometimes they say to the preacher that you need to practice what you preach. But if I only preach the messages that I have everything under control, my Bible would be, uh, could get rather small the message is both for the preacher and for the the hearers, but sometimes we need to be reminded of how we we should conduct ourselves or how we should enter into these interactions. And sometimes, have you heard the saying that we're hardest on the ones we love? We're hardest on the ones we love. Now, you might say, are we really showing love and being the hardest on the ones we love? But when we have these interactions, how do we prepare for them? And to be honest, how do we prepare for our interactions with different people on the street and different situations we run into? I can think of something that happened yesterday, and I'm thinking maybe I could have handled that a little bit better. Love. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. And follow along in, in the translation you have we read from I'm reading from the New King James version as we do but you should be able to follow along with us though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love i have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal and though i have, have all faith so that i could remove mountains but have not love i am nothing and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail; Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childless things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. The greatest of these is love. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. As we look through here and we look at this passage, as we talked about in the past, there are multiple definitions to the word love. In the Greek, And we've talked some of those about uh, agape, phileo, eros, some of the definitions of love and what it is. So we want to start with verse 3, and as we look through these verses, we want to pull some things out and have some understandings. And one passage of Scripture might apply to you, and it might not. It might apply to someone else. But in verse 3, it says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits nothing. Now, this does not mean, because it says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. It's not saying don't give, your, don't give things to other people. I just want you to think about this. This does not mean that if you have never lost your job, especially through no fault of your own, and you may not have compassion for other peoples, but have love of your money, so that you don't give it to others, or even maybe give it to God, that you're doing the right thing. That's not what that's saying. That's the complete opposite. Did you hear all the things that I said? But maybe that's a different message. This is telling us that just dropping off our stuff at Goodwill or at the Salvation Army isn't enough. You, just, you still have to have love. You still have to have the compassion. You still have to have the care for the people. And it doesn't mean that you buy off your kids at Christmas because you didn't pay any attention to them the rest of the year either. That's not what this is saying. It's saying that you can do all those things. And if you don't have love, you missed it. You've missed it. Let's look at verse four and start unpacking this a little bit more. In verse four, it says love suffers long. It's patient. It's patient. And when you're getting together and all the people are in one place for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or for whatever the situation might be, it's patient. It suffers long. And is kind. If you look behind that word, in the Greek that's there, it's full of service to others. It's gentle. It's making yourself useful. It's being kind. It would seem like if somebody needs something, you're going out of your way to, to help them. I guess you could really get down to the point of when, when, the, when you go to take the piece of pie, take the one that's in front of you, don't go reach all the way across and get the biggest one. It's kind. It's letting the other people to have those and have the, that access. It says, does not envy. Does not envy. Be careful when you get together with other people to not get into the comparison game. Where you play the game of, well, I'm better than they are, or I wish I had what they have, and I'm not as good a person as they are. It's not beneficial to you. It's not beneficial to that relationship. Does not envy. Be careful not to get in the relationship game. Not the relationship game, that was wrong. The comparison game in your relationship. And we continue in verse 4. It talks about love does not parade itself, is not puffed up does not parade itself, is not puffed up. And under puffed up, you could use the translation notes are arrogant. If you're using the New King James does not parade itself is not arrogant. You could probably think of multiple examples is does not parade itself. It's not walking around saying, look at me. I think for some generations, the care has to be taken. When you say things like when I was your age, You're kind of puffing yourself up to the other generation. If you're relating a memory, but you're saying, well, when I was your age, we never acted like that. Be careful. There might be some other ways to do that. My generation was much better than your generation is kind of what you're saying. We need to be careful. Is not puffed up. That word is inflate. Make proud. Don't be full of hot air. You can kind of see in there, oh, I skipped over is kind. Did I skip over? Oh, no I didn't. Is kind. We'll get on to something else I was going to make a comment to in verse 5. But how easy is it when we get together to try to do one-up stories? To play the one-up game? And some of them become fish stories where My fish is this long. You caught it, it was about that big. But by the time you told it five or six times, you've forgotten. You're remembering the last time you told it, and so you're making it an inch longer than the last time you told it, which is actually two inches longer than the original. And so each time you tell it, it gets a little bit bigger. Just tell the truth. is not puffed up. Verse 5. Verse 5. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not behave rudely. Means unbecoming. I think that means don't go around burping in people's faces. Trying to embarrass your nep- nieces and nephews to, to the point they behave, the your, way you're behaving. I'll just be right out there letting off gas in front of other people. I mean, don't be rude. Don't be rude. Don't be uh, brash. Watch your language. Don't be rude. That's not love. There's no need to be rude. Bring bring attention to yourself through your rudeness. Well, there's a lot in here, isn't there? Uh, the next one says, does not seek its own. Does not seek its own. You can kind of look at that. It's uh, plotting. Plotting. You ever been in, now I'm sure nobody listening to this has ever, ever, has ever plotted to try to manipulate a situation to their benefit. But it's saying don't do that. If you love people, you don't plot and manipulate them or plot and manipulate the situation to your own benefit. I'm kind of scheming and conniving. Doesn't sound like love. Does not seek its own. I wonder if that includes that thing where you go around and you pump people for information so you can go around and gossip on it. I wonder if that's included in there. If it's not included in there, It's included in some other passages of scripture. Does not seek its own. Talked about that. Is not provoked. Hmm. Is not provoked. Some translations might have that as not easily anger. Leave your hair trigger at home hair trigger home. Now that's might be easier for some than others, your personality might lean that way. Seek God's help. And you know that it's going to be one of those days, get plenty of sleep the night before. Don't come in a grouch because you won't leave a grouch, you'll, you'll leave a grouch too, if you come in a grouch. But think about those things. If the things you're trying to prepare for for Thanksgiving or the holiday or that gift together or the gathering put so much stress on you that you're not pleasant to be around, maybe worry about the stuff less and worry about how you're presenting yourself more. Don't get those out of order. Remember Mary and Martha where Mary was trying to worship with Jesus and Martha was busy about many things and she was complaining that Martha was at Jesus' feet we got to be careful we don't get things out of priority. It's not about the event, it's about the relationships. So just be reminded. Just be reminded. Thinks no evil. My translation's notes that are in, my, in, in the New King James translation, your translation might draw this out, especially if you have an NASB or something like that. It says, Keep no accounts of evil. Keeps no accounts of evil. I think that means keeping score. Keeping score. Hmm. You keep track of everything that some other people have ever done and you're watching for them to do it again and you're keeping track You can keep in track. I don't know if it's to say how much better you are than they are or it just through the injury. See the problem with the concept that if we're keeping track, especially if we're keeping track of something that they might have even apologized for years ago, you're injuring yourself. Because you're the one that keeps bringing up the wound. You're the one that won't let it heal over. They've apologized, and you haven't accepted it. You haven't forgiven them. And so you keep bringing it up and bringing it up. And that wound, you keep scraping it open, and you won't let it heal because you're bringing it up. You're keeping score. You're keeping record. You need to forgive and let it go. Keep No accounts of evil. Verse 6, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. If you really look at this, it says, does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. I think of people watching football games and they get happy when someone gets injured on the football field from the opposing team. Hmm. Doesn't sound like the best attitude. Or when the refs uh, make an unfair call, they're happy. As long as it doesn't go against their team. We should rejoice in the truth. Not when someone we like gets mistreated. Someone we don't like gets mistreated. We shouldn't rejoice in that. We should rejoice in the truth. Verse 7. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Bears. I looked that word up. It's the cover to conceal with silence. You don't have to tell every thing you know about someone else. You don't have to when they share it with you in confidence, a difficulty they're going in through, you don't have to take that up and then go tell someone else about it, just to knock their their status down in the world, knock their status down in order to lift your status up. And you know, sometimes they don't need to say, don't tell anyone. You should know better. You don't have to tell everyone. Because what's the benefit in that? Oh, I got some good information. I got the juice on this. Is that helpful for that person? Is that showing that person's love? Or is that just puffing yourself up, drawing attention to yourself that you know something, you got the dirt on somebody else? Or you got some way to to them because you've been keeping account Believes all things. Believes all things. It seems to me that's telling us that we give them the benefit of the doubt. Hopes all things. Do you hope for the best for other people? Or are you hoping for their demise? And endures all things. Remains in all things. That's love. When they do things that you don't like and they don't do things that are difficult, that you still are showing the love. You're still showing the love. Verse 8, love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fill. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Verse 11, I think is a reminder, especially to those of age. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And getting drunk and acting a fool is not growing up. When it brings out your behavior of being more rude and more unkind and less considerate, that's not growing up. But see, to have the kind of love that we need to have for lovers, lo- others... It says that we are first commandment is to love God with all, and then we're to love others. There's a song that's sung loving God and loving each other. We can't define what their love for God is by determining our putting the love for others first, because we don't have a good definition. We have to understand what it is to love God and the kind of love God has, the sacrificial love that God has for us and sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. That kind of love, that sacrificial love, that when they're spitting in your face love, when they're crucifying on your, uh, you on the cross love for something that you didn't do kind of love. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That kind of love. The kind of love the Bible tells us a husband has for his wife. That's to exemplify the kind of love Jesus had where he died for the church, so are we to be willing to lay down our lives for our wives. What kind of love are you carrying as you go into these gatherings, whether it's with family or whether it's with friends or whether it's with coworkers? Sometimes the coworkers aren't your friends. And so, sometimes it's not the same with families. And so, whether you're going into, like we opened up the message with, your situation, with, and it's a, you're looking forward to a joyous occasion, a celebration, or whether you're going out of obligation, or it's going to be a source of frustration, and you fear confrontation, The question is, is how are you entering into this? Are you entering into it with love? Are you entering into it with love? Not man's love, not man's definition of love, but that deep kind of love that God provides us so that we should show it to others. Hopefully today you've been reminded of a few things, a few practical applications of how to show love during the holidays, but don't forget your greatest need, your greatest capability to get there is that you are in a place and have a personal relationship with Jesus so you know what that love is so that you can share it with others. Let's be standing together. Father God, I pray to Lord you be with each one that hears this message and hears this word from your scripture. Lord, may the truth of your scripture come forward. May the focus not be on my words, but may the truth of your scripture ring true in the ears of those that heard it. May they apply it to a life. And Father, if they don't know what true love is, may they seek you. For as you said in your scriptures, if we draw nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto us. And may each one that hears this draw nigh unto you have a place where they've asked you into their heart. Ask for forgiveness of their sins and share in your love. But Father, may you help us to apply this scripture and your words to those that we come in contact with. Dear Lord, may we exemplify being your hands and being your feet. May we be obedient. May we go in with the right attitudes. May we go in with a desire to show love in the right way. And Lord, may you help us to do so. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.